the $64 question. When the roll is called up yonder, <laughs> will you be there? That is the question of the day. That's not going to be the message, but that's the question of the day. I believe for L.D. Schmidt, when the roll is called up yonder, he's, he's there already. Okay? Very good. Uh, Jerry Kaczewski, lead us in prayer, will you please, bud? We'll be in John 16 if you want to turn there. Uh, I will eventually get to those those verses. I just, as, as I was uh, singing there, I uh, just was reminded how blessed this church is. Uh, we have so many people that can play the piano, so many people that are very talented. I appreciate Judy uh, stepping up today. I appreciate Trish when she steps up, Rhonda when she steps up. What a blessing. I've I've been in churches when they didn't have anybody that could play the piano or the organ. Um, We've got a bunch of them that can. So thank you, ladies, for stepping up. The message is entitled, The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The last four weeks, we have been looking at loving one another. Okay? And we've talked about in the last four weeks that how it is impossible in your own flesh in your own strength to love one another like God has commanded us to love one another and we've talked about the only way a Christian can love like God wants us to love is having the Holy Spirit to fill us with that kind of love and it just cannot be done it cannot be done without the Holy Spirit. It's impossible to love and to forgive without Holy Spirit providing that within our total being. So I guess the question today, with the other question today, is just who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? What role does he play in your life? You know, there's a lot of different opinions about the Holy Spirit, if you would. Some will say the Holy Spirit is just some mythical force out there that goes around doing good. Okay. Some people will say the Holy Spirit is, is who God uses to empower people to do good things. Okay. Some people would say, I have no idea who the Holy Spirit is. Don't believe there's a Holy Spirit have no clue, don't want to know. It's just a myth and something that's fabled and something that's just been made up. Well, the Holy Spirit is somewhere in those three kind of ideas, isn't he? So we're going to look at who the Holy Spirit is today. What do you say? Who do you say the Holy Spirit is? Okay. 
Well, let's talk about that. What does the Bible say the Holy Spirit is? Bible says the Holy Spirit is God himself that lives within us. The Holy Spirit is God. We can find that in, in Acts 5, 3 through 5. If you remember the story of Ananias and Sapphira. Uh, great story, isn't it? If you don't remember the story, let me tell you to you just real quickly. Okay. The church is just beginning. We're in uh, early stages of, of Acts and, and the, the new church is being formed and, and folks were bringing stuff into the church and, and trying to and blessing the church and Ananias and Sapphira decided they wanted to bring a big offering. So they sold some land, property, and they came to the church and they gave the money to the church and and, and kind of let everybody know that we sold this piece of land for this huge amount of money and this is what we're going to give as an offering to the church. Peter in verse 3 says, why are you lying to the Holy Spirit? You see, what, what Ananias and Sapphira had done, they had sold this land, but they had kept a lot of it back for themselves. They wanted everybody to think they gave it all, but they didn't. They only gave a partial part, a part of what they had received. And Peter says, why are you lying to the Holy Spirit? In verse 4, Peter, Peter also then says, you, have li- you are not lying to man. You are not lying to me, Peter would say, but you are lying to God. You see, Peter said, you're lying to the Holy Spirit. You're lying to God. And, and what we, the conclusion that we can draw just from that small little story is the Holy Spirit is God. Because the Bible declares that the Holy Spirit has the same kind of characteristics as God because He is God. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is omnipresent. The Holy Spirit can be anywhere just like God can be anywhere. In Psalm 139, 7 and 8, the writer is is talking about that. And and he he says in there, he says, uh, where can I go to get away from your spirit, God? Where can I get away from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? And then in the next verses, he writes about this. He says, if I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I descend into Sheol, you are there. If I fly to the remotest parts of the sea, you are there. You see, the writer understood that this Holy Spirit is omnipresent. God is omnipresent. God can be anywhere He wants to be at all times. And the Holy Spirit has the same ability. He is omnipresent. I cannot go anywhere where the Holy Spirit is not at. That is a huge characteristic of God. And the Holy Spirit has that characteristic. Another characteristic that the Holy Spirit has is all-knowing, omniscient. The Holy Spirit knows everything. 1 Corinthians 2, 10 and 11 says it this way. For us, God has revealed them through the Spirit. What has He revealed? He has revealed spiritual truth to us. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God, in verse 11. 
Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the Spirit of God. You see, the Spirit of God knows everything because He searches the depths of God's mind. You know, we don't understand that. We don't know all of that. The Bible says in, in Isaiah 15, my, my thoughts are higher than yours, the Bible says, and my ways are higher than yours, says the Lord. We don't understand many times what God is doing, what God is up to, but the Holy Spirit does because he searches the minds of God. The Holy Spirit is God himself. The Holy Spirit is omnipresent. He can be everywhere he wants to be. And he is knowing, all-knowing, omniscient. That's who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit possesses a mind. Did you know that? We just read that. He knows the mind of God. The Holy Spirit uh, possesses emotions. Because we will find out maybe next week that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. The Spirit that lives within us, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. He must have emotions. The Holy Spirit has a will. Because the Bible tells us in Romans that he is interceding for us at all times. When we try to pray and the words just don't want to come, the Bible says he is interceding, he is groaning for us. He is interceding and pleading and praying for us. He has a will and that will is that we follow God's will. The Bible says Holy Spirit has fellowship with us. Did you know that? We have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. As Paul is writing to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians and the last verse of that book that he's written to them. And he's kind of saying bye-bye. And he says this. He says, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. May the love of God be with you. And then he says, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. He's telling them, remember, God loves you. Remember that Jesus died for you. And remember that you have fellowship with the Holy Spirit anytime that you want that. The Holy Spirit is involved in many areas of one's life. Did you know he was involved in creation? From the, from the very beginning, the Holy Spirit was there. The Bible says in Genesis 1-2, And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. He was there at the very beginning of creation. The Spirit of God is also involved as He empowers God's people to live the Christian life. Zechariah Zechariah 4, 6 says this, Not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit empowers us to live our lives. The Holy Spirit will empower us to love that person that we don't want to love. The Holy Spirit will empower us to forgive that person that we need to forgive. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will give us power when we go witness to somebody. Acts 1.8. When we have, when we are called and urged to witness to somebody and we don't think we have the words to witness, to speak, to say to them, guess what? The Holy Spirit will provide those in your time of need. Luke 12.12. The Holy Spirit will empower you to live a life that when temptation comes in your life to make a bad decision, to go down a road, to do this or to do that, and you know it's not God's will in your life, the Holy Spirit will step in and and convict you of that and empower you not to go down that road. The Holy Spirit will empower you to walk in a manner, as the Bible says, worthy of your calling. 
which means he will empower you, give you what you need in order to live the Christian life, in order to, to delight in his word, in order to pursue the things of God, in order to just keep you on the right path. The Bible says he will empower you to make those kinds of decisions and go down those paths in life that are pleasing to him. Because you see, in our human flesh, we just can't hardly do that. We don't have that strength. We are not bent that way, if you would. So the Holy Spirit steps in and empowers us to be able to live that Christian life that he's called us to live. He also leads, as, leads us as believers. The Holy Spirit leads us as believers. Romans 8.14 says this, For all who are being led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. We are being led by the Spirit. Where does the Spirit lead us? The Bible says it leads us down the paths of truth. It leads us down the paths of righteousness. What is the path of truth? Well, I would say it leads us to Jesus. Because the Bible tells us what? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. The Holy Spirit will direct us and teach us and push us and show us the way to live a life that is pleasing to Jesus as we draw strength from that. What a promise that is. The Holy Spirit also is our helper and he's our comforter, the Bible says. Jesus even said that in John 14, 16. I will ask the Father and he will give you the helper or the comforter. The Holy Spirit must have a major impact on your life if you ever want to grow in a Christian faith. The Holy Spirit is God. He is the third part of the Trinity. He is God living inside of you. When did you receive the Holy Spirit? And I hope every one of you have. When did you receive the Holy Spirit? God living inside of you. Well, I can tell you when you did. When you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, when you said, Lord, come into my heart, I want to, be, I want to follow you, I want to be your disciple, I trust you with my life now, and I trust you with my eternity. When you accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, the Bible tells us that you received the Holy Spirit at that time. At that moment of conversion, the Holy Spirit came into your life. And the Holy Spirit will prove to you and proves to others that you really have been born again. 1 Corinthians 1, 13 says it this way. And it kind of gives us the, the steps or the order in which all of this has happened in the life of a believer. He says, in him you also, after listening to the message of the truth... After you've heard the message of the truth, what was the message of the truth? The message of the truth says God loves you and Jesus died for you. Then it says, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. What is the gospel of your salvation? That we're all sinners in need of a Savior. That you can't save yourself. You cannot be good enough to receive salvation. There is no way that you can ever be good enough, nice enough, loving enough to ever receive salvation. And it says, once you have listened to the message that God loves you and the gospel of your salvation, that you're a sinner in need of a Savior, 
Then it says, having also believed, and now you have believed, okay, you've heard the message, you've accepted salvation, you have believed in it. Then it says, you are sealed in him, in Christ, with the Holy Spirit of promise. You have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is is our down payment, okay, for future glory. Think of it this way. You're fixing to buy a house. They want a down payment, don't they? They want a chunk of money down, which says, as you give them that down payment, that I promise that I will buy that house somewhere in the future. This is my down payment. This is my plan. This is what I want to do. Somewhere in the future, I'm going to buy that house. Okay? That's exactly what the Holy Spirit is. When the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts, the Bible says it is our down payment. It is God promising to you as a believer that he will deliver on what he has promised you for the future. And what has he promised in the future for us? He's promised that when we die as born-again believers, the angels will come and escort us into the very presence of God. What he's promised is he has prepared a mansion for us in, in, in the home of glory that we will have one day when we meet him up there. It's a promise that that nothing can stop you when you pass away from ever not being in the presence of holy God. It is a promise that says you will be with Christ forever and forever and forever. That's a huge promise. That's a huge down payment. That is something that says you can have an abundant life now. And I promise you because you have the Holy Spirit now living within you. That you will have a home in eternity in the very presence of Christ forever and forever. That's what it's talking about. Being sealed with the Holy Spirit. He is our down payment. And we look forward to what something, a transaction will happen later on in the future. When we move from this old world to the next world. Thank you Father for that assurance of salvation. Romans 8, 9 gives us the other side of that coin, does it not? It says, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to God. He has not been born again. He has not received salvation. And I say that with all the love, but that's what God's Word says. Every Christian has the Holy Spirit within him. And if you do not have the Holy Spirit, according to Romans 8 9, you do not belong to Christ. That is a terrible, terrible thing. But that's what God's Word says. You must possess the Holy Spirit. John 16, and I I knew we'd get there eventually, where the Holy Spirit has been promised to all of us. And Jesus is promising the Holy Spirit to us. And I just want to read verses 7 and 8 as we get going. Jesus is is fixing to leave this old world. He's fixing to go down that path of of Calvary. He's fixing to be crucified. He's fixing to be with his Father forever. And it last-minute instructions, if you would. uh, Last-minute pep talk, if you would. And he's telling them about the Holy Spirit. He's telling about the one that he's going to leave with them. Because he's no longer going to be around. And we know how sad that made the apostles. The disciples are sad that you're, you're leaving. We've done this for three years and now you're just disappearing. And he says this in verse 7 of chapter 16 of John. He says, but I tell you the truth, which is uh, Jesus always tells them the truth. 
it is to your advantage that I go away. That's kind of interesting. Jesus said, it's best for you if I go away. I'm no longer going to be here, and it's good for you. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. That's the Holy Spirit. But if I go, I will send him to you. He's going to send the Holy Spirit. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Three things he, he tells the disciples that the Holy Spirit's going to do. This is not all three of them, but this is, must be the big three, I guess. He says he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. That word convict is not always a pleasant word, is it not? It means to press upon a person's heart that they've done wrong or they have committed sin. It is the pressing upon a person's heart. It is, it is the thought that, that, that maybe you have made a bad decision in your life. And the Holy Spirit is convicting you of that. Maybe you have, are going down a different road or a path in life that you shouldn't be going down. And the Holy Spirit convicts you of that. Maybe you've just been disobedient. And the Holy Spirit convicts you of that, that pressing of your heart. Because you know you've done something wrong. And for the Christian, did you know, conviction is a good thing. Did you know that? Conviction is a good thing if you've been born again. Because God loves us so much that he will convict us when we do wrong. When we sin and transgress and go down a different road, he doesn't want you doing that. And he will make it a point to show you that you cannot be living that kind of a life. And he will bring conviction and it's a job of the Holy Spirit to convict you. Conviction for a Christian is a really good thing. What areas of life would he convict us over? Well, I think one. He convicts you if you've never been born again. He convicts you if you've never been born again. There are times in this service when I, as I'm up here, I, can, I see all of your faces. And I can just tell many times that if someone is under conviction, maybe they've never been born again in that, in that still small voice or that uneasiness in their stomach is, is not something that you ate, but it's really conviction from the Holy Spirit. And many times I look across the room and I see people being convicted. How should we respond to that? We'll look at that in just a minute. He convicts when you've never been born again. The Holy Spirit will convict you over a sin that you have committed or sins that you have committed, believer. When you are unloving and unforgiving, when you have given in to temptation, when life is not what it's supposed to be and you don't care and you have sinned and you've transgressed God's law, He will convict you of that because He didn't want you to go down that path. He wants you to have a great relationship and fellowship with Him. And he'll bring conviction in your life when, when you sin and don't do what he's called you to do. And I think there's a third area that maybe he convicts us in that maybe is the biggest one. He will convict you in your heart when you know to do something and you don't do it. Oh, my goodness. You know what his word says, but you refuse to do it. And the Holy Spirit will bring conviction upon you to tell you, to let you realize 
that you've got to do that because you know what my word says. How do we respond for those kinds of things? How do we respond when you've been never been born again? What's the response when you have that feeling? I know when I got saved, I'm sitting in that church and I am holding on to that pew in front of me. I mean, I got it. I got the white knuckles. I'm 12 and I am not moving because I know and I felt awful. But I ain't going to move. I'm not moving. I'm, I'll do this later. But finally, what did I do? It's just like the preacher said, take that one step out of that pew, get down that aisle and accept Christ as Lord and Savior. That would be my response to you if you've never been born again. The Bible says today is a day of salvation. Don't put it off. Don't put it off. Don't put it off. If, if you know in your heart that you've never been born again, and you are under conviction and that uneasiness, whatever that might be, and you know what you need to do and yet you don't do it, you turn around and walk out that back door, and I promise you, once you get out that back door into the parking lot, you're going to feel a lot better. Okay? You're going to feel a whole lot better. Because then you haven't. Because the Holy Spirit is now going to not convict in you. And you come into church the next Sunday or the next couple of Sundays. And, and you have that same feeling, kind of, but not near as strong. And you say, I, I, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. And every time you shut the door on the, on the calling of the Holy Spirit... Your heart just gets a little harder. And it gets a little easier the next Sunday to walk out the back door. And then it gets a little easier. And finally, finally the Holy Spirit just quits, quits knocking on your heart. Respond today if you've never been born again. If you've never given your heart to Christ. Do it today. That's, my, that's what I would tell you to respond. Don't put it off. Because, I mean, we don't know. We've not, not been promised tomorrow. Don't put it off. Maybe you have sinned. Maybe your lifestyle is not what it's supposed to be. Maybe you have, have done some things, said some things, been judgmental, whatever, whatever it is. What do we do about that as Christians? We confess it, the Bible says. We repent of it. We forsake it. And then when we do that, what happens? We are forgiven. And we are cleansed from the inside out. What a great feeling. When we know that we have sinned and the Holy Spirit convicts us of what we've done, and we take it to the Lord and confess it. We agree with you, God. Yeah, I did it. And I repent of that. And I forsake what I've done. What a feeling when he cleanses you from all unrighteous. First John 1, 9. It don't get any better than that. If that is you today, man, I would urge you to do that. Just take it to the Lord. You don't have to take it to me. Don't take it to anybody. Just take it to him. Say, God, I know what I did. I know what I said. I know how I've acted. I know what I'm doing. And I need forgiveness. And you guess what? He's going he gonna to wipe the cl uh, slate clean, is he not? And you're going to feel great. And you're going to bat life. And all of a sudden life is now good instead of drudgery because of your sin. If you have refused to do something that Bible says you need to do. If you have refused to forgive that person. If you've refused to love one another. And maybe that person just came to your mind. I don't know. Maybe you have refused to share the gospel with somebody that you love, that you know. Maybe you just feel like, I, yeah, I got to say something to them. Yeah, I know. But, but I just can't. I just can't. Maybe 
maybe you know that you need to try to reconcile with a family member or a friend. Maybe you've got crosswise a little bit, kind of bent out of shape, both of you. And you know what God's Word says, that you are to go and to try to reconcile with Him. And you know what it says, but you think you put your heels in the sand and say, I'm not going to do that. How would I would tell you to respond? I would tell you to respond to go do it today. Go do it today. Well, they won't. They won't. They, they, they don't want that. The Bible doesn't say that, does it? The Bible says it's up to your, your responsibility to go try it and reconcile. If they don't want to reconcile. That's too bad. That's on them, not on you. But God's Word says you go and try to reconcile. You see, we can sin in all kinds of ways, can't we? And the Holy Spirit's going to convict you when you do that. I sure hope He does. I sure hope He does because He loves you so much that He wants you to be on the right path of life. Man, if you refuse to do something, go do it. You see, the Holy Spirit will not allow you to enjoy sinning. Did you know that? He won't allow you to enjoy it. Well, it might be fun for a little bit, but somewhere down the road, sin is going to come and it's going to bite you because the Holy Spirit won't let you live in sin and enjoy sin. The Holy Spirit won't let you uh, live a sinful lifestyle, won't let you live in sin. He's not going to do that. If you've been born again, you've got God living inside of you through the Holy Spirit. He's going to convict you of that. I'm reminded of, of King David in, in, in Psalm 32. After he had committed those huge sins with Bathsheba and had, his, and had her husband killed on the front line. And, and David is writing in Psalm 32 and in verse 3. He's gone almost a year and he has not confessed. He's gone a year of, of conviction, if you would, from the Holy Spirit. And he's just kept this within and, he, and he's just been dealing with it and he's never been released from it. He's not received his forgiveness from it. And he says in th- verse 3, he says, my body, my body is just wasting away because of this unconfessed sin. He says, my body just groans all day. I just hurt all day. Unconfessed was affecting the way his body was dealing with life. He said, you know, it was as if God's hand was just on me all the time. Just <clears throat> He said, I had no energy, no vitality. All because of unconfessed sin in his life. All because he he tried to deal with his sin his way. And the Holy Spirit was not going to allow him to do that. Because you see, he was a man after God's own heart. You see, he had lived a life close to the light of God, if you would. And you see, in a person's life, the closer we get to the light of God, the more dirt we can see on ourselves. Did you know that? The closer we're walking with him, and we mess up and we sin and the Holy Spirit convicts us, all of a sudden we can just see the dirt because of the light of God shines a little brighter than he does on everybody else. Holy Spirit's job is to bring conviction for unconfessed sin. And once we have acknowledged that sin and we confess that sin and we repent of that sin, guess what? That sin is all but gone. And we are cleansed like no one else can cleanse us. What a great bath that is to be forgiven because of our sin. 
Bible talks about. He convicts us of righteousness and convicts us of judgment. And I'm not going to go there this Sunday. We'll talk about that later. God loves us so much that he will not allow his children to wander too far from the truth. And it is the job of the Holy Spirit to convict us when we do. I hope the Holy Spirit convicts you. Because I hope he convicts me when I do wrong. How can we love the unlovable? How can we forgive the unforgivable? How can we walk the Christian life? How can we walk free from the burden and guilt of sin in our life? We are empowered through the Holy Spirit. What a tremendous gift God has given to every believer is the Holy Spirit. We, everywhere we go, we have God living inside of us in the Holy Spirit. We have the creator of the universe who hung trillions of stars out in the sky living within us in the form of the Holy Spirit. What a precious gift. But you only have that gift if you've been born again. Christian friend, take advantage of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Take advantage that he lives in you. Because, you know, the Holy Spirit and God the Father and, and Christ Jesus, they don't want you living second best in this old life. They don't want you just coming up short of what he wants for you. He wants the best. He has a plan for your life, and he wants the best for you. He wants the best for you even as we speak right now. And you can have the best when you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. Judy, would you come please? As we bow our heads and, and close our eyes for the invitation. And we bow our hearts. Have you ever been born again? If you haven't, today's the day. Salvation is today. Have you ever committed sins that you haven't confessed and you don't know why you feel bad about them? I urge you to confess them. If there's something in life that you know to do and you haven't done it, speak to God about that. Talk to Him about it. Find out what He wants you to do. If that is to go to somebody, go. That is to tell, tell. If that is to love, love. You know what what you've been called to do and you've refused to do it. Confess it and then go do it. That's the message for today. As the piano plays.